0: Welcome to the Thriving in the Word podcast. We are so happy to have you listening today and it's a great conversation that we have as we dig deep in the Word. If you're enjoying the Thriving in the Word podcast, we would invite you to like it on whichever podcast service you use, leave a comment, a rating, review, even share it on social media. Let your friends and family know about what we're doing here. We hope that you enjoy this edition of Thriving in the Word okay so here we are week number two and zephaniah we got dave with us and johnny lenny ben myself judah and we're gonna jump in last week i don't know how far we made it we made it like maybe seven eight verses in so we'll see how far we make it today uh but zephaniah jam-packed full of stuff only three chapters long but let's jump right in
1: yeah zephaniah yahweh hides and our job is to, as Johnny said, Yahweh hides or Yahweh is hidden. And, and our job is to open, bring God out into the open with our discussions here. And I hope that we're doing that for ourselves and for others. And Zephaniah, as I read it over again this week, uh, it, it almost you can almost say, wow, he's presenting a dark side of God's love. Uh, you know, but I, I see, and I may have said this last week, uh, in Zephaniah, we see that he is glorifying God in 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 judging as well as glorifying Him in saving. He mm. can, God, God is glorified in judging. God is going to judge, and we have to be prepared for that. I was looking at chapter one, and there was it's almost like a metaphor to me. But I like your guys' you know, opinions, um, I noted a couple of verses. They're not uh, con, you know not uh, consecutive, but you look at verse 12 in chapter 1, God is saying through Zephaniah, I will search with lanterns in Jerusalem's darkest corners to punish those who sit complacent in their sins. Hmm. They think the Lord will do nothing to them, either good or bad. First of all, that one verse, it's telling us if we don't get, what I get out of that is we can't be apathetic about this. We cannot think, oh, yeah, he's not going to do anything. We're going to be complacent, be content in ourselves. But, but more than that, the metaphor is he. God is going to search. He's going to find you, me. He's going to find all of us if we're hidden, if we're sinners. He's going to find us. So he's going to expose the dark to light. Yeah. What have I run? <laughs> and get on a boat that goes the other way. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then you, you want to go with Jonah. Is that what you mean, Ben? You want to hop on the boat? Well, well yeah, there's, no, there's no escape. There's that. no escape is, is the answer, exactly. So we go from 12, where God exposes the darkness to light, because he's going to go everywhere, search every darkest corner. And then look at 15. It will be a day when the Lord's anger is poured out, a day of terrible distress and anguish, A day of ruin and desolation, my book says. And then listen to this. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and blackness. Now, Zephaniah is presenting God as he's going to... Sinners, you're going to be facing a day of darkness and gloom. Blackness. God just found you with light. Now he's going to give a day of darkness and then go right to 17. Because you have sinned against the Lord... I will make you grope around like the blind. Now sinners will be unable to see the light because they sinned against the Lord. Mm. So I, I picked those three verses. Up. Oh, there's, some, there's a little metaphor here for me anyway. I don't know if you guys picked that up. But yeah, I'm no, looking at him saying, he's opening up. God's opening it up. He's finding you with the lantern. Then he's going to create a day of darkness and gloom. And then he's going to make all you sinners blind. So now, mm. even though he has found you and, and exposed the light, you can't see anything because you're a sinner.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's cool. I I didn't uh I didn't pick up on that uh how how those things connect like that. You know, and one thing that I find interesting in that first verse that you read in verse 12 mm. about searching for those to punish those who sit complacent in their sins. They think the Lord will do nothing to them either good or bad. And just how how relevant that is. Uh, to our life and our yeah. world right now. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to point the finger at the world, of course, mm. right? You know, it's, oh, look how complacent they are in their sins. And, you know, uh, they, they don't think about the Lord. But I think when we turn that internally, we may see the same thing sometimes. Yeah. It, what things are we complacent of our sins? Oh, I do this sin, but I'm complacent because I don't think God's going to do anything to me about it because he hasn't done anything yet. Right, and, and, and we we make assumptions on God's patience that just because God's patient that he won't bring discipline or correction. And so to me that that verse is is challenging because it's like, Well, what sin am, am I complacent about? You know, what what things do I think? Oh, you know what, God God's never gonna look, you know, there. He's he's gonna overlook that. He's not gonna do anything about that, either good or bad. Like it's just, it's okay. You know, we justify our own sinful behaviors.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm just going to say one more comment on that, is that, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's relevant to our current society. And, you know, without pointing a finger at the world, when I say that, obviously that includes all of us. We're not making ourselves to be holier than thou. But that, that verse right there is, that's relevant. We have become complacent. We as a society, I'm not picking on anybody individually, and, and because we don't believe there will be a judgment. Right, you know, people don't believe there will be judgment, just like in, in the case back in Zephaniah's day, and all the other prophets well, it's because that because nobody we've been can judge
2: me. Yeah, exactly. That's what everybody walks around saying, right? I mean, yeah. you can't be judged. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. And we <laughs> do not
1: believe that yeah. a, a a God yeah. will be here to judge yeah. us. Yeah. Oh, neither did they, and neither did and neither did Nineveh for that matter. Mm. Mm.
3: Well, I was going to, you know seventeen. You're talking about like
0: walking around blind, like being blind for their sin. And it's like mm. that's today's world i mean look at this like people are up in arms because one state made it harder to
2: kill kids
0: mm. right mm-hmm. you no know,
2: it's like it's, yeah yeah ben
1: good point yeah you know, it, it's yeah.
2: i mean uh, going back a little bit in chapter one uh, verse 10 when i was reading on that day says the lord a cry of alarm will come from the fish gate and echo throughout the new quarter of the city and the great crash will sound from the hills. I, I didn't really know what, like, fish gate meant. Um, and so, like, when I searched it... What um, was a, that scandal that had to do with the fish? Mm. Right. Water gate, fish yeah, gate? Yeah, sure.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> Everybody Thank give a hand. <laughs> Very good.
2: Um, so, uh, like, when you go back, it's, like, these these workers built, like, a huge door, and they put bolts in it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But then metaphorically... Like when you say gay, it's like to your soul, yeah. right? And then so like, like that, like that, like that makes me tremble. Like on that day, says Lord, a cry of alarm will come from the fish gate, right? Like meaning, in my opinion, like alarm wait, that that wakes me up is like scary, right? So like people are gonna be going the other direction. Like you won't be able to go. Like, in the opposite direction to God. It's kind of like what I was able to pick up from that. Mm -hmm. Like, can you guys describe to me a little bit more, like, what what your interpretation of fish gate, like, could mean?
0: It's a gate where they bring
2: in fish. Is that literally what it is? Like- yes. Yeah. They, the Jerusalem had- Because there's so many metaphors. Yeah, I like, know, can, I know. I'm, I'm, know. Like, I'm glad Sometimes they, I'm like,
1: yeah. what I'm no. does it mean? I am so happy that you did come up with that yeah. metaphor, Lenny. I mean, that's fantastic because interpretation, that's why we're here. Literally, though, uh, as Judith said, uh, if you if you investigate Jerusalem or do a little research on it, there were different gates. This is the Sheep Gate. This is where they brought in sheep. It, it was geared for that particular thing and same thing with the fish, but the- the metaphor works wonderfully for me. Gateway to your soul—that works wonderfully. Yeah, and that's what we're doing. We're 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 not scholars. We're trying to interpret this as everyday people. Mm-hmm. I and, say. And,
0: and, interestingly enough, though, I mean, and I I said that kind of facetiously, but accurately, I think. Um, but uh, if if you look elsewhere, um, the the fish gate there in Jerusalem was was in the northern wall, and it was where. Often invaders would enter there too, so that that I think has an interesting significance that invaders would often come through that. Maybe just because of the position of it, maybe mm. because of the weakness mm. yep. of it, maybe it wasn't guarded as well. But there was, uh, you know, th- this area, and so that, as far as an application goes, is like again, you know, what what areas of weakness are in our lives that invaders can come through. Mm. Um, but but I think ultimately, you know, the the idea of what he's getting at here is just saying, hey, this uh, this is gonna be something loud that's happening. It's gonna be a complete you know, disaster. Literally you, everything you're gonna, yeah, you're, you're gonna know about it from you know it says from the fish gate all through the new quarter of the city, which I, I don't know exactly the location of the new quarter, but I'm guessing it's probably in the southern area. I mean yeah. and if you think about the walls of Jerusalem, right? I mean we, we get these, you know, fantastic ideas of what that could have or couldn't have been like. But I mean as far as what I've seen, and uh, and maybe you guys know a little bit better, uh, Dave, you might have even know better because maybe you've been there and seen some of it. But as far as I know, like it, it wasn't like this massive expansive area. Like I believe it was something like about a mile across by about two miles long. So I mean, which is still big. But if you think like like you could go and you could walk around that in maybe maybe an hour or something, yeah. you know, it's like a wall that's you know maybe you know it's it's. Two miles that way and about a mile across i mean you can get anywhere if you're in the middle of the city you can get anywhere in probably 15 minutes yeah. you know Locking, so yeah. so it, it's not this massive massive area but you have a high concentration of people that are living in there so
2: well even like so, so the reason why i i read it like with like saying it like new quarter of the city this and that was because the people probably thought that they were like even thriving some people thought that they were probably doing well maybe the economy for them was great But in reality, like, they were all being misled, right? Right, And that's why all these false prophets are getting punished, like, those who are leading people are, like, you guys are going to be, like, have a worse judgment. So, like, yeah, I know it might seem silly to talk about, like, the fish gate or or this or, or that, but it all leads to, like... There's a reason behind. Yeah, it. no, you 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 just hit on. something. I'm just something trying to map like it out. You don't. Like, you know, I, I got map to map say out, something like... again
1: because you just hit on something. I I didn't highlight ten, but if you, you let me read eleven, which follows what you just read, because you said you know you know people were counting on what they had, and and that's exactly what what Zephaniah is saying here, verse eleven. Wail and sorrow, all you who live in the market area, for all the merchants and traders will de- be destroyed. What he's talking about there is what you're saying. These people were counting on their own riches, on the merchants well, that's and traders. Right, right, you you right. were saying it, so but d- like, I, I wanted to read that verse. And I don't know if I read this last week, if I could just di- digress for one moment. Actually, it's not digressing. It's just making a relative point here. Colossians. Did I read this last week? If I did, bear with me. Colossians, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. That are relevant to what i just read so put to death paul says the sinful earthly things lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual immorality impurity lust and evil desires don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world because of these sins the anger of god is coming Same thing Zephaniah is saying here. And and that's why I had to read it. You you hit hit the nail right on the head. Right there. We're trusting in ourselves. Again, going back to trusting in in pride, trusting in ourselves and in the things, our riches, and the things that we've accumulated, that we've stored up
3: on earth. I do want to, um, while we're in Zephaniah 1, at the top of where you guys are reading, I'm reading from an English Standard Version of the Bible in my Bible Gateway app on my phone. Zephaniah one seven, The day of the Lord is near is what the title is. But this is the part that I had highlighted. Be silent before the Lord God. And this is has an exclamation point. So as I read that and I highlighted that, it made me think of, you know, Judah's always saying, you know, do the five 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 challenge. You wanna you wanna know where God is in your life? You wanna know, you know, where you where you're at with your relationship with God. Do you wanna grow your faith? Do you wanna do you wanna see what this is all about? Read scripture for five minutes, right? Pray for five minutes, and then be silent and listen for the voice of God for five minutes. Like let us take this outside of our relationship to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or our faith. If you're if you're having a relationship with somebody and you're just waiting for your turn to talk, right, at least you're still waiting. Mm-hmm. But if all you're doing is just praying to God constantly, right? You know, making demands or, or wishes or whatever you want to call it, request prayer request to God, and you're not letting him get a word in edgewise, or you're not hearing from God through his word, which is scripture. There's a major problem in in our relationship or your relationship to God, mm-hmm. and that goes for whether you you're talking to the Holy Spirit, you're talking to Jesus, or you're talking to our Father who is in heaven, right? Right. So when I read that, I definitely underlined that and highlighted it in my app because I just thought to myself, that's probably the hardest part of that five 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 challenge. Jesus says that, but how often are you just sitting and meditating on what you just read, mm. right. or just waiting and listening, right. or asking a question to God instead of a prayer request, saying you know. God, what do you want to show me today in Scripture? What do you want to teach me in life? What's my mission for today? What can I go out and do for you? Mm. Mm. You know, and it, it does require silence. And five minutes is a long time.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's a long time.
2: Mm. It really is. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah, we're really fast to speak. <clears throat> exactly. And, and not slow to listen. Which is yeah, Scripture right there. Another thing that I wanted to bring up is as we're talking about the Day of the Lord and we're talking about Zephaniah and it's you know these people are just living their daily lives and there's. There's trouble maybe here in their life. Maybe that's what they're focused on. Maybe they're doing well in life. That's what they're focused on. But they're not focused on God. They're not focused on humility and seeking him and getting to know him. They're not focused on repentance, right, or a relationship with God. So they are definitely facing the wrong direction. They need to turn around and focus on God. So I'm with my client uh, yesterday. I'm working on my day off at the tattoo shop. And she's a regular customer customer of mine, and I've been tattooing this client for years now. And I'm, I'm witnessing her. I'm sharing with her, you know, my faith. And I do it from here, here and there. And I end up putting on this video um, of Tim Tebow talking about 316, John 316. And if you haven't seen this, go onto YouTube and watch the video where Tim Tebow talks about John 316 um, and how he used his football makeup under his eyes. And that's where he put it. Mm. It started off with Philippians 413, mm-hmm. right? He was he was uh this was when he was playing college football and I'm gonna give you the short version of this He's playing college football, he notices they got a big game coming up, I think it was against Tennessee or something like that. And some of the guys on his football team, they're putting their area codes below their eyes. They're putting their mom's name or something like that. He said, Well, that's kind of cool. Like maybe maybe I'll do something. Maybe I'll do something positive that's uplifting. Mm. Maybe it'll inspire somebody. So he puts Philippians, you know, four thirteen. And uh they win the they win the game, they go on to, you know you know, play the playoffs or a championship or something along those lines. And right before he's about to uh, run out of the tunnel in football, he feels like God's putting it on his heart to change the verse. Mm. Right. So he's like, ah, oh, you know, I don't want to mess anything up. You know, my coach is super um, superstitious, that sort of thing. And I, I really don't want to, you know, throw a wrench in the works. So he, uh, he ends up playing the game. They end up winning that game and things are going great. And, um, he ends up going up to the hotel room with his parents and he's, and he's saying to his mom, he's like, mom, you know, God put it on my heart to change the verse, you know? And she's oh, that's great, honey, you know, you go ahead, you know, God's going to guide you, really supportive. And then his father's like, well, you better tell your coach because you know how he is. You know, he likes his traditions, you know? So he, he calls up the coach and he, he, he invites him over and then he runs it by him. the coach is like... What do you? What are, you can't change the verse. He's like, he's like, you can't change the verse. That verse got us here. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? So after explaining his position and all that sort of stuff, it, and uh, the coach was cool with him changing it, so he ends up changing the verse to John three sixteen. And he thought, you know, this is this is the verse. You know, it's Sunday school 101 on one. He jokes about. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, God yeah. so loved the world, and he gave his one and only son. So whoever believeth in them, you know, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Right. So so he puts it on there. Now I guess that night they they win the game, right? And something like 92 million people Google searched what John 316 was, mm. right? And then not just that. He threw uh, an average of 31.6 yards. His season-long <laughs> average was, was, was like, you know, 316 running yards or something mm. like that. The ratings were 31.6 mm. across all the networks for the, for the wow. Tom Wise game over and over and over again. And not mm. just that. It was the number one Google search thing mm. that day. Mm. on Google trending. And then people saw that and then that went on to Twitter as a trend. Mm. So it's just one of those things. So I share this video. She, her mind is like blown. Yeah. Right? And so she says to me this. My client says, I got chills watching that. But she says, well Where do you think God is in all of this right now with Afghanistan and, mm. and the politics and the police and the racial divide and, and all this, you know, all this division that's in the media and LGBTQ and, you know, abortion and gun legislation, all this stuff. And I just said to her, I said, I just finished a back.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so I
3: said, it's a, it's a three short chapters. But I mean, it was a it was it was a goldmine mm. for how God lets humans have their free will and do it their own way.
2: Mm-hmm
3: but to no avail to their own peril, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he does this to humble us, right? He'll mm-hmm. let us do it our way instead of his way so that he can show how his way truly is right, it's mm-hmm. righteous, mm-hmm. how he is truly good. Mm-hmm. And he can sh- demonstrate his, lo- his great love and patience and holiness mm-hmm. for us, mm-hmm. right? So that we know that he is the best result in the end. Mm-hmm. So I was able to share that with her and I ended up you know, sharing like, a couple other resources with her. Um, Corey Ten Boom, if you don't know who that is, she was a Christian mm-hmm. Holocaust survivor. Amazing testimony, but I put that on for the rest of her tattoo as I brutally tortured her. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so we didn't get a chance to finish that, but um, if you do want to look up that, it's the Tim yeah. Tebow, John 3.16, and the That's other cool. one is Corrie, it's C-O-R-R-I-E, and then 10, T-E-N, and then boom, B-O-O-M. Uh, she lived in the Netherlands, I don't, I'm not going to go into her story, but because I, I do want to talk about other verses, but look into those testimonies, they're very powerful testimonies about what God is doing, in yeah. the midst of the storm, or mm-hmm. when, when you maybe, maybe don't have a relationship to God, or you can't make sense of what's going on in your life, mm-hmm. you know? So, needless yeah. to say, I went to Habakkuk, and I explained to her that mm-hmm. that God restores the faithful remnant. Those who have a relationship um, with him, it doesn't matter how bad it gets, he will see you through to the end. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's the story of Job, where he essentially loses everything, only to gain everything back, plus more, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert if you haven't read Job, mm. right? Um, and the reason why I'm even bringing that up with Habakkuk and this is because we see it in Zephaniah which are the other two things that I have highlighted Zephaniah 2 verse 7 instead of chapter 1 verse 7, this is chapter 2 verse 7 I'm not going to read the whole thing but I'm going to get to the point um, at, at the bottom here where it says uh, for the Lord their God will be mindful of them and restore their fortunes hmm. and those particular words because the the last thing that I have saved here um, I believe it's Zephaniah 3 uh, chapter 3 verse 20 where he says, at that time, I will bring you in. At that time when I gather you together, I will uh, make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, mm. says the Lord. Mm. If, if the Lord says it, it's got to come to pass. Mm. And what do we see in Scripture over and over again? Humans have free will. They do what they want to do. They make a huge mess of everything.
2: Mm.
3: And then what happens is God comes in for those who have right relationship with him, who, who love him. Who fear him, who respect him, who go to him not only in their times of need or troubles, but go to him when they're when they 're on you know the gold medal podium right when when they have a great success in their life, they give all glory and thanks and honor to god, god alone
0: yeah that's good when I believe that God is the God of restoration you know that that restores it and and all throughout this that 's what he 's looking to do to restore to bring freedom to bring them back into their land again to cause them to prosper, but there is that little thing that comes between the punishment and the restoration and that's the repentance Oh yeah. (laughs) and it's like which which is what brings us to uh chapter two Mm -hmm. i guess right you know um verse two says gather before judgment begins before your time to repent is blown away like chaff act now before the fierce fury of the lord falls and the terrible day of the lord's anger begins Seek the Lord, all who are humble, and follow his command. Seek to do what's right, to live humbly. Perhaps even yet, the Lord will protect you. Protect you from his anger on that day of destruction. So it's like he's given that, like, last call, you know. It's like, anybody else want to repent? Anybody else want to turn before the Lord begins to unleash his anger on this area?
2: We were We roast coffee at church. Right? Yeah. We roast a ton of coffee at church, and so as the shell, you know, like, it's, it comes, like, with moisture inside of it, as it heats, uh, it expands, and then, it, like, the moisturizer, exp- you know, starts to, evaporate. like, evaporate, and then uh, it cracks. Yep. And when it cracks, the shell, like, you know, all the chaff comes up, like, yep. and it, it's messy, it's nasty, right? Like, to blow, yeah, to think like the, that, it's the, like... It's basically the skin of the coffee bean.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: But or, you have to separate it. Yeah, you have to exactly. separate it inedible that <laughs> verse
1: that you just read Judah twice it mentions humble at mm. the beginning seek the Lord all you are humble and it says to do what is right and live humbly and again what's the opposite of pride humility, humility. Yeah. so let's yeah. let's just take a quick look at chapter 2 verse 15 I highlighted this verse but I'm glad that you pointed that one out Judah this my book reads this is the boisterous city one so secure i am the greatest it boasted no other city can compare with me what's mm. that uh, oh <laughs> what's boy. that all about yep. pride yep. pride there you go again so judah humble and pride yeah exactly well even if you go back I, it's funny you mentioned up and I'm, I'm thinking of i always think of our country and what's going on today and i know you you, you guys do too uh, in, in relation to Israel back then, you know, what was happening? They, you know, they they went through these periods. We've discussed this, where everything was going fine. They were they were, you know, praising God. They were praying. They were doing all the right things. And then all of a sudden, uh, maybe another country came in, or they saw someone else, and that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Look in chapter one, verse eight. On that day of judgment, says the Lord, I will punish the leaders, the leaders now, and princes of Judah. And all those following pagan customs, again, so country comes in, they start doing that. Then he says, yes, I will punish those who participate in pagan worship ceremonies and those who fill their master's houses with violence and deceit. So what Zephaniah is saying here is that the priests and the leaders wanted to be like the worldly nations around them. hmm you know any anyone what's the what's the flavor of the month yeah we want to do that yeah we want to uh, idolize this yeah we want to uh, idolize a golden calf whatever whatever the flavor of the month was and and they so quickly it almost seems like they were so fickle
3: it makes me think it makes me think of like mm. the christmas tree like i've i've consumed a lot of christian content on youtube and on the internet and there are christians who don't put up christmas trees because of its pagan origin mm. right they mm. celebrate Christ, but they don't put up a Christmas tree specifically. Yeah. Um, another one is Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Anton yeah. Levay is the author of the Satanic Bible, the Levayan Satanic Bible, and he said that he loves that at least uh, Christian parents at least let their children worship Satan at least one night a year, which mm-hmm. is obviously on Halloween, right? So I also know Bible believers who don't celebrate Halloween. You know, they, they they'll figure out something else to do or whatever right. else. Um, so, and that's just a couple of the holidays, you know what I mean? And the same thing goes for like obelisks. That's like, that's like... Which, shameless plug here, if you're
0: curious about the Christmas tree, go to Amazon.com and Google, or, and search <laughs> for, for the Jesus tree by my wife, uh, Carrie Thomas and her, here her kids book. So Oh, that's awesome. You know, which she, she wrote a book a I while ago that, and, man. yeah, and, and it was basically, it was based on a tradition that my grandma had where every part of putting up the Christmas tree had like a s- certain significance mm-hmm. to us, and, you know, like with the star, with the light, with the different colors, and all these things. So, oh, yeah. so, That's cool. um, so, yeah. yeah. So she turned it into a book. So, uh, and then, and then you wrote a book about Passover. Yeah. Too, so, yeah. bunch um, of bunch of smart guys over here. But the point I'm trying to make
3: here is, and I'll, and I'll make it quick. I'll wrap it up. Um, is there are a lot of things that people do that they think would might be pleasing to the Lord, but some Christians. Right. I don't know if it's the Holy Spirit that reveals it to them or what it may be, but they draw their line in the sand with their conviction. And just like we see in the New Testament writings, it's like if, it, if the Lord convicts you to not eat meat, don't eat meat right. or pork. You, know, you can't hold it against somebody else. Right. You know, the Lord works differently with different people. You yeah. know, all for one purpose is glory in the end. Right?
1: Would, would that apply to the controversy if not the dichotomy that is going on today in our society that if you want to Eat pork, you, you you eat it. If you don't, you know, if you want to wear a mask, you don't wear a mask.
3: I, I think it's one of those things where we're talking about the Old Testament here, mm-hmm. and so for the practice of good hermeneutics and, and reading things in its context, you're talking about a very old contract versus a very new contract, right? Is the way Jesus Yeah. Well, the meat sacrifice to
0: idols was new New Testament.
3: No, no, but what I was saying in this in this regard, oh, right? That, you yeah. know, like I, I'll often hear preachers online. You know, they'll give a sermon. Let's say when I'm consuming Christian content online, they'll do one on tithing, which I think is funny because. Like, we're called to give in the New Testament from a joyful spirit of giving from our heart, right? Right. A joyful heart. Not from the Levitic law or, Deuter- right. or Deuteronomy or, or, or the law, the, the Torah, if you will. It, right? It, yeah. So, and the same thing goes for, like, some Christians will have their panties in a book. I'm a tattoo artist. But they'll really? be so upset about Leviticus 1928 that you won't mark your body with graven images. But they don't know the historical context of that, which we talked about here right. before. Yeah. And it's just, but it's like, we don't live under the law. Right, I would be so screwed if Jesus didn't die on the cross. Right, do you know what I yeah. mean. So it's 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 such a foundational part of my life being a professional tattoo artist and being a devout believer, follower, and lover of God and Christ and Jesus. Right, that mm. that we don't. I, I do eat bacon. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And apparently, you've
0: trimmed the edges of your beard. My too. wife did that. Okay. <laughs> I was very upset.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we had a wedding to go to. She gave me a haircut, and then she took the edges. But yes, exactly. So, so that's did the point, though. Did you wear clothing
1: right? made of two different fabrics? I yeah. Uh, <laughs> listen, I was Jewish,
3: cotton polyester. Listen, blend. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, Listen, Were if you I in was the doing desert something. eating locusts? <laughs> <laughs> Is that you? It was like that when I got here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But would but, but you see my point, though? So if you don't know Scripture in its entirety, if you're not studying God's Word, right. yep. if you're not maintaining that relationship, it would be easy for someone to lead you astray in something as simple as reading Leviticus or Deuteronomy and be like, oh, I can't be doing that. Mm. I can't be doing that. Mm. And it's like, are you checking off? a check mark in a box and you're saying, okay, well, I'm going to try to live this perfect life. Well, mm-hmm. Jesus already lived it for you. Yeah. yeah. So are you going to reject his gift? Right. Are you going to re- reject God's grace, which we so desperately need?
2: Wait, Good luck you, with that. Are you telling me I, sh- I don't have to be like, uh, you know, accept Christ as my savior? I just have to wear a, like a suit and tie when no. I go to church on Sunday? No, it's, mm-hmm. it's the complete opposite.
1: It, but, but the other thing is, as you said, Johnny, you, you need to know this. And in, in Judah's challenge, when I first heard it, I, I liked it, and I still do. But Judah means that I, I trust as the minimum five minutes of reading Bible. Mm. Well, you, you need to read this. People need to read this to understand, to know yeah. for themselves. They don't have to become a scholar, but for themselves. And yes, if all you can do is five minutes, then yes, I agree totally. Mm. Read it for five minutes. But you need to read this. You need to talk with others afterwards. You know, spend some time you know by yourself with it. Meditate as said the five, five, five. But you, you need to get into this and you need to delve into it and, and understand it and, and we do that here this is what we're trying to do and we're not like I say I keep saying we're not scholars uh, what, is,
3: uh, what does Jesus say though in the New Testament he says if you love me you'll keep my commands mm. and he says that like you know if you're my friends you'll, you'll follow the commands right or the mm-hmm. commandments right so who, who essentially if you believe in the triune God of the Bible who is the author of Deuteronomy who is the author of Leviticus who is the author of any of this stuff right so when you talk about repentance right it's so important that you accept Jesus into your life because who does Jesus leave on earth for us? The Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's the Holy Spirit that convicts us of our sins right. or whatever it may be in your life that you need to repent from. Maybe it's too much video games. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's uh, overeating. Maybe it's uh, like, like lust, like you're just looking at somebody and you're committing adultery in your heart. Maybe it's Maybe greed. you're coveting your neighbor's ox. True. He does have a good ox, though. So you guys to do this thing. Yeah. Wait. It, it's, His He's name strong. is Babe. It's blue. No, but, what? But, but do you see my point, though? Whatever, whatever the Holy Spirit convicts you of is that's where you're at with your walk with Christ, right? Mm. So to bring it all back to Zephaniah, it makes sense if we're talking about repentance in chapter 2 is the Holy Spirit convicts us of what we need to repent from yeah. because that's what's pulling us away from God. That's what's either distracting us or consuming our life or, or it's being the joy or the pleasure in our life, the joy and pleasure that we should have in Christ Jesus mm. God the Father and the Holy
1: Spirit it is a nice looking ox <laughs> as I was reading this I started thinking of some, I, in, understand this you guys know I look up history here and there and, and but I, I hated history in in um, high school and college, but after I got out for some reason, because I was able to do it on my own and in my own time and in my own way, it took off for me and and I still followed I don't know if, has anybody ever read it, I think it's a, how many books do I have in it? Like the um, Ed Gibbons historian, The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, did you ever read that? No, I didn't hear about it. Uh, you know about it. You've heard about no, that, it. That, right? yeah. that, that, that counts, then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've heard about it. Right? You, you I've know heard it. of it. All right, let me let me relate. bonus point. Uh, let, let me relate it to this, and it's so be because I wrote I wrote a couple <laughs> things out, and it to us. It came into my mind. I don't know why. Maybe God put this on my mind, and so I go back to you know I did looked at my books, you know the, the Decline kind of fall, and I said okay. I think about again. I always equate Israel, what's going on there, to today, to our country. So think of those two countries. And then think of, think of Rome, because this was the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, which was the greatest empire ever, and it was during Christ's time. And, and Gibbons gives five reasons why it declined and fell. Mm. Think of Israel, think of the United States when I'm telling you these. Very simple. One, the undermining of the dignity and sanctity of the home, which is the basis of human society. Mm. Okay, Undermining of the dignity and sanctity of the home. Number two, higher and higher taxes... The spending of public money for free be- bread and circuses for the populace. Mm. And, and you can equate that. That's an analogy. That's what the Romans did. But equate that to Israel us. What are we spending the money on? I'm in it for the
0: bread and circuses. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's all pretty good. <laughs> <Thanks>. I <nice. laughs> so, number,
1: number three. <laughs> the mad craze for pleasure of all sorts. Mm. Sports becoming each year more exciting, more brutal, more moral. This e- Remember, he's talking about Rome, but think about right, our country right, today, right. okay? Number four. The building of great armaments, of, of armies, of everything, armaments, when the, ar- when the, when the enemy was within. Mm. The decay of individual responsibility, mm. okay? Number five, and this is him telling this. I, I'm not that smart to come up with this. The decay of religion, mm. fading into a mere form, and, and Judas talked about this, you know, that, fading into a mere form, losing touch with life, Losing the power to guide people. That mm. is religion. Mm. Okay? Think about that as it relates to these. I, I thought of myself, let me go back, because I like going back to these yeah. sisters, especially the Roman Empire. I like reading about that. So applicable. Yeah. So mm. applicable. All of these things happened then in Israel, happened to Rome, and are happening today. History repeats itself. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, those who don't study Thank history
3: you. here, right?
0: Well, it's just like, and I've said this before, too, I mean, the, the things that we face. As a country and as a world now, right, with the degradation of society with uh, things like all that's going on with, say, say abortion, for example, or things like teaching godless forms of education and uh, all of these things that are going on. none of it's new. Right? Like, none of yeah. that's new. I new. mean, like, you go back to the Old Testament. Nothing
3: is new under the sun. Yeah, and it's,
0: it's like, like, I've, I've made the, the, the correlation before. Back then they didn't have abortion, but they had infant sacrifice. Child sacrifice. Which yeah. was essentially the same thing. And, yeah. and they had, like, the promiscuous lifestyles. And they had all these things that we tout as progressive now are not actually progressive, they're regressive. Right? It's actually going back backwards, yeah. to old you know, paganism, mm-hmm. and it's not actually moving forward. Mm-hmm. We're actually moving back because you're moving... I mean, what was moving forward was Jesus Christ. Right, you right. Know, Jesus Christ moved everything forward. And, yeah. and in fact, I mean, you, you don't have to be a scholar to understand that the world is a better place because Jesus Christ lived, died, and rose again. Mm-hmm. You can be an atheist and not even believe that he actually did all of that, but you still can't deny that his influence has impacted the world for better, even if it was a figment of your imagination. Why? How do you prove it? Because of the fact that, you know, I mean, we've said this before, there is no orphanage that, um, there will be no orphanages if it wasn't for the fact that Jesus said, suffer the the little children come, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Right? Like every orphanage, traces itself back to an orphanage that was started under that bible verse right like maybe there's some things now that say oh we don't we're not you know christian but it's like all of them their roots come from that hospitals right it's like the red cross like all of these things you know schooling schooling for girls like all of these things trace back to jesus christ and you take jesus out of the picture and all of it collapses and then we go back into the BC days where, yeah, it was, you know, these, these animalistic tendencies. Yeah, I people was, to lions. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, was just, it was just all this horrible stuff, sacrifice. which now we consider progressive. But the reality of it, it was, like, oh, we're making the world a better place. No, we actually made the world a horrible, horrible, horrible place. Jesus came and he loved women and healed women and empowered women. And so now people all across the world are like, you know what, we need to do this as well we need to give women similar rights as men or he, he would heal lepers and they're like oh you mean we shouldn't be outcasting them out into society we should actually be taking care of the sick and oh, with the children instead of just treating them as you know garbage and not caring whether they lived or died I mean the parental attachments to children were much looser back in those days than they are now in fact I mean I mean you look at history I mean you, you see that Many people would uh, choose whether or not they were going to keep their own kids based on the gender after yes. birth. I mean, you know, because because of the fact that they only wanted, you know, maybe boys or whatever else like that. And it's happening. It happened in China, and now they're facing the well, consequences yeah. of it. where there's actually a shortage of women, right?
1: Yeah. And and well, you're saying what Chinese said, and, and what I read about, you know, Gibbons' decline and fall. History repeats itself. Right. These things happened back then already. So he's ta- he was talking about, you know, this great expose of the, the Roman Empire, but applied to Israel. There is a Euro Empire if you want to call it that. And any of the other empires and in our, our empire today, which is the United States of America same thing its it's 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 nothing new as you said, Judith. it's it's the same thing and we, I, and we we, I, we cyclical
3: don't. you know things go in cycles, and it's one of those things where we definitely want to pay attention to the world around us so we can better witness and share our faith and spread the gospel and show people that there is hope yeah. for restoration for resurrection and but that's the that's the true thing to focus on is it doesn't matter which book of the Bible it doesn't matter what version of the Bible it doesn't matter where you, where you're at with your walk with with Jesus or your faith. What matters is the restoration thing. You know, Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb. He restored him. He restored the leper. He restored the sight of the blind. And he's, he's restored me and he's going to restore all of us. As long as we, that's what we're focused on. Mm. Right? He's Like you always say, he specializes in restoration. But I, I always think of it as resurrection. Mm. He's going to resurrect this world, which is a dying world. Right, it has to die so that the new world can come, and the heaven heaven's going to pass away too, so that new heaven can come. Who doesn't want stuff to be restored? You want your car to be restored, mm-hmm. you know. You want your cabinetry in your kitchen, a relationship, maybe to a child or a parent, maybe you know, maybe someone that you just love romantically. Whatever it is, you want you want the best possible version of life and that experience, and that's what God offers free to us. Mm. But it's so easy to get caught with your, with the media and your phone, the newspaper, magazines, the internet, the yep. television, the radio, about yep. how this world is on fire and that it's us versus them and this tribe is your enemy and this, tri- these tribes are your allies and and we, it's about our agenda overcoming their agenda, their oppressive uh, agenda it, and it's about your freedoms and it's about your liberties and it's about your happiness. It's not about any of that stuff. God, God is love. Love is the supreme <clears throat> ethic of the universe. It's what, it's what govern, governs our hearts. That moral law, that moral lawgiver is is God. So it's about focusing on the restoration, period. Mm. And how do you get to restoration? From repentance, from turning away from the things that pull you away from that restoration that God offers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really simple. The gospel is so simple. But how many times does God have to say it in each book of the Bible, through each prophet, through each generation,
1: mm. right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. He says it in its chapter 3, verse 17. And my book says... For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. You just mentioned God's love. That verse, to me, that's exactly what I thought of when I read I said, this demonstrates God's love. Right there. If If you want to take a verse out of anybody that says, there it is. Zephaniah, chapter 3, 17. That demonstrates god 's love for all of us yeah
0: yeah that's good well let's uh let 's wrap up I'm going to wrap up with just reading that verse one more time two uh, three because I think it's a good take home for all of us today it's something we talk about all the time, but two three says seek the Lord all who are humble, and follow his commands, seek to do what 's right and live humbly now now granted, you know obviously we, we kind of you know had a little discussion about. Uh, old Covenant versus New Covenant. This is stuff that that is transcendent of Old Covenant and New Covenant, right? Like, like, This is stuff that, that transcends. We see this reemphasized in the New Testament. Seek the Lord all who are humble and follow his commands. Seek to do what is right, live humbly. And then it goes on, perhaps even yet the Lord will protect you. Protect <laughs> you from his anger on that day of destruction. So for any of us who are living life with questions of the future, possibly living in fear, wondering what in the world is going on in the world, and whatever else. I think that the best thing that we can do is to follow the words that are here. Seeking the Lord, following His commands, look, look, seeking to do what's right, and then living humbly. Those four things. Seek the Lord, follow His commands, try to do what's right, seek to do what's right, and then living humbly. And, uh, and those things, I think, are what makes a difference does, that, not, that, does
1: that sound like that verse in Micah and I yeah. can recite it? Yeah. I mean, as, as you're saying those things, Jude, I'm to, thinking. To, to, oh, that's to, it. To
0: love mercy, yeah. seek justice, and walk humbly with the yeah. Lord. Yeah, yeah. I'll,
3: I'll, I'll, I'll one up you right there with, for the ending. Do what Jesus said love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. Yep. And then go and teach everybody that message. Yeah. Okay. That's it. And then once you make it viral, you're going to baptize everybody in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You're going to fulfill <clears> the <throat> commandment that God gave us to, to the, of the Great Commission. And that's it. Just love.
1: Yeah. All right, Johnny. I'm not going to try to one-up you.
3: <laughs> you so, won. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, so let, let's pick back up next week. Uh,
0: we'll, we'll go more into Zephaniah at least, at least one more week, and yeah. we'll see where it goes from there. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our discussion today on the Thriving in the Word podcast. We would invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also consider sharing it on social media. We can't wait to be back together with you at the Thriving in the Word podcast.